0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another mini movie review. This review is about 2019's The Perfection. So I'm gonna go ahead and start by just opening up with a little bit of info from IMDb. This is a fairly new movie. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I've stayed out of any spoilers, but I saw a trailer for it and I was like, Oh, that looks kind of fun. This is a 2019 American psychological thriller horror film, which I like a lot of psychological thrillers or at least give them a whirl. This movie was directed by Richard Shepard from a screenplay by him, Nicole Snyder and Eric C. Charmello. It stars Allison Williams, Logan Browning, and Stephen Weber. It was previously released at Fantastic Fest on September 20th, 2018, and then released in the United States to Netflix on May 24th, 2019. And I've been trying to, like I said, I've stayed away from a lot of it. I When I saw it come up and I saw the trailer, I was like... Okay, well, I want to do a review on that one. So I'm just going to wait until it comes up to it. So again, The Perfection, it runs 90 minutes. Uh, It was produced by Merrimax and Capstone Film Group. It's about this music school in Boston. It's about kind of like, it's like a music thing. Like there's this cellist and... I mean, I'm not going to get into it. From what I could tell by the trailer, it seems like there's some sort of competition or some sort of thing with musicians at this like prestigious school. And there's something going on, like a conspiracy kind of thing under it. And then there's like some body horror stuff, it looks like. At least that's what it looked like. I don't know. It could be just in their heads. So we'll find out. But that looked kind of cool. It almost kind of reminded me of the tension that you see in Black Swan. These women who are just like competitive and after each other but then there's like things going on in their heads and I don't know like Black Swan kind of had that it kind of felt similar in it so we'll see maybe I'm wrong I don't know that's what's uh, kind of fun about trailers I like when they're obscure that's the one thing I, I don't watch a lot of trailers because most of the time especially if I'm at the movie theater if I'm at the movie theater and I'm getting ready to see the previews sometimes they'll show me a trailer and I'm like oh well I don't even need to see it I already know what's gonna happen I can tell it's this isn't like a three minute trailer I don't it's calm down yeah like recently I recently saw Midsummer. Or a Midsommar. I think it's been pronounced a couple ways. Great movie. Just want to say, I know this has nothing to do with the perfection, but I just want to say, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just saying it's weird and disturbing and I enjoyed myself. But I had only seen like previous small clips of trailers that were kind of obscure and all over the place, which is what I like. So that's why I was like, okay, well, I want to see that then because it's not giving away all the best parts. So that was my little Midsommar corner or midsummer or Mid- I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Anyway. I'm going to go check out The Perfection on Netflix. Hopefully it's going to be weird. Hopefully it's going to be crazy and I'll be back and I'll let you know what I think. Okay. So I watched The Perfection and I took a few days to kind of think about it because it's been a long time since a movie has made me so squeamish. It wasn't super bad, but it was, it was close to Midsummer in the sense that I was gripping onto things because things were kind of getting a little crazy. Like, um, in Midsummer, I was in the theater gripping on the seat, like, Oh, Oh shit. You know, like kind of like that, that wasn't too long ago. So then to sit down and watch this and then be gripping onto the back of the couch next to my cat, going like, oh, oh God, okay. And then there's so many twists and turns with this movie. I'm going to go ahead and just get started by saying, if you like psychological horror, you should at least watch this movie once. I don't know if I'd watch it again. Maybe if I was showing someone, I had a good time with it though. Just real quick, also before I get started, since I've watched Midsummer, again, go see it. If you like that kind of stuff, it was a good time. And I watched The Perfection. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh, my nerves are like on edge from all these squeamy movies. So then I had to go watch something else. So I went and I watched, um, if you've never seen Uninvited from 1988, it's about a cat within a cat trying to kill people. And uh, it it was fun. I had a lot of good laughs, decent special effects. And um, yeah, very 80s. So I watched that on Tubi through my Amazon Fire Stick, if you wanted to check it out. It was a good palate cleanser for, for these movies. So anyway, back to the perfection. So there's this chick, right, played by Allison Williams. Her name is Charlotte. Allison Williams, you would know her. Uh, she recently, well, I mean, she was in Girl on Girls, the show Girls, but she also was the the girlfriend, the main daughter in um, Get Out, where she a spoiler for Get Out. She played a crazy bitch, and she does that in this as well. When that happened, when I found that out, I was like, oh, okay, we're doing that again. All right. I mean she's good at it because she has a face where like she's charming but she's like also kind of innocent looking so then for her to like just switch and be completely off is like oh wow okay. So this chick Charlotte she was a- a I was completely wrong on the plot from what I got from the um from the trailer just to let you know Uh, which is nice I, I don't mind if I'm being thrown off by a trailer I like it when I don't know what's happening. She's a cellist. She had to leave this music school in Boston. Her mom got really sick. She was terminally ill. Apparently it took like 10 years for her mother to finally pass. During this, she kind of lost her mind a little bit. It was a lot for her to have to give up her career or so. I I think she was probably like 16 or something, 15 when she had to leave. So now she's like in her mid-20s. She was like a prodigy. She was, you know, she was being taught to this guy at this music school. And when I found out that this guy, the teacher played by St- Steven Weber, who's looking a little rough in the movie, when I found out it was an all-girls school, I was like, okay, I'm getting a bad feeling. But all right, so we moved on because just the way he was acting and the other the other two men who help him run the school, I was like, okay, we're going to learn about that in a little bit. She ends up having kind of a nervous breakdown, I think, from taking care of her mother because they kind of do some shots back and forth of her being in some sort of rehab clinic or some sort of hospital setting where she's getting her head shaved and she's getting shock therapy and things to deal with her own issues. So when her mother passes, she reaches out to Anton, played by Steven Weber, who heads this academy, and she goes to to China, to Shanghai, to join him and his wife, Paloma. And then there's these two teachers, Jeffrey and Thies, I think it's pronounced, um, and they're selecting a new student. So there's um, these three young women or these three girls, I guess they were probably only like 10 or 12. And they're in the competition to go back to Boston, which is a big step really as a little girl to just be like, cause like the one girl that gets it, her mom just shows up and is like, oh, this is wonderful. Okay, bye daughter. And just leaves, leaves this poor girl whose English is probably not her first language. And then she's just like, okay, bye, you know? So Charlotte shows up in China and she meets Lizzie and now Lizzie she has met before she at least seen her before 10 years prior when she was leaving Lizzie I think was probably like nine or ten herself and Lizzie is my favorite character I think Logan Browning who played her did a fantastic job at being paranoid and upset and emotional and angry like she just she she made me uncomfortable just in her and her being uncomfortable so she finds Lizzie who is the new prodigy the new star pupil for Anton This seems a little rushed so you could tell like she was a little jealous because this girl, Lizzie, kind of took over what she was gonna be. And so this woman now who's like probably 20, Lizzie, they meet up and she's like, oh, hey, you know, it's nice to meet you. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Lizzie tells Charlotte like, oh, my gosh, I've admired all your work. They both admire each other. They go to judge this competition for these three girls who are going to go back to the academy. And it's, it kind of seemed a little rushed because they end up sleeping together. Or at least it seemed a little, not really rushed, but it seemed, it just seemed like it seemed awfully convenient that she was able to get this close to this woman. Because they're just watching, this part is funny because they're just watching these girls play. And then Lizzie's like, look over there. You see how that one Chinese woman is flirting with that Chinese man who is not her husband. And then they're, they're like groping each other. And she's like, that makes me real hot. And I, and Charlotte's like, oh yeah. And then there's just like flirting and they go clubbing and then they end up back at Lizzie's hotel and they have sex. And I'm like, okay, well, fine. Lizzie's going to take a couple weeks of vacation to just rest and not worry about music and just be herself. And she notices, Charlotte notices that there's a small little quarter note tattoo on the back of her shoulder and she has a similar one. So it's something that has to do with this academy. I'm not sure why the sleeping thing had to... I mean, I guess she wanted to get close enough with her so she could do what she was going to do. Because we don't think this yet, but Charlotte is the one behind a lot of this stuff. What's weird though is before they get back to the hotel, there's... Because there's supposed to be some sort of virus or something that's going on. Um, they had recently come from somewhere. I want to say Hunan. Some Hunan virus. And some other guy, as they're coming down the stairs, this guy in a suit, I think it was the guy who was being groped by the other woman during the competition starts throwing up and it's like this bright yellow vomit and he's panicking and he's throwing up and right away it kind of puts Lizzie on edge a little because she's like oh my gosh i just came from the same area there's this disease going around what if i hope i didn't get it you know what is this thing going on so we'll come back to that guy later because i i'm not sure how she worked this out so the next morning after they're together Lizzie and Charlotte they're, they're both very hungover you know especially Lizzie she's like oh my gosh i'm dying So they want to get out of there. They're going to get on a bus to head on a trip through China. And so she gets up, Lizzie's like, I'm up, you know, and Charlotte's like, here, take some ibuprofen. You got to check your pills. Don't just take pills from anybody. She hands her these pills and she's just not feeling good. Her head's just really messed up. Me personally, I wouldn't get on the bus. Lizzie eats a little bit of food or tries to eat, but her headache's just getting worse and worse, and she's just not feeling great. And Charlotte's like, "You sure you don't want to just go back and get another hotel room, and we can leave tomorrow?" And she's like, "No, no, I'm, I'm only got two weeks. I don't want to waste my time." So they get on this bus, and here's where all the shit hits the fan. Literally, it made me very squeamy. I don't like this stuff. Later, when there's a, when you find out some of the reasons why it's not as bad, but they get on this bus and everything goes to hell. Lizzie takes some more ibuprofen. She's, she's starting to get frantic. She's, her head is killing her. She feels nauseous. She's dying of thirst. She takes even more ibuprofen. She takes like four or five of them, like more than she should. And she starts getting worse and worse. And then as the bus is going along, she she's going to be sick and she can't get off the bus. So she throws up and there's maggots in her vomit and it's bright yellow or whatever still like that other guy. So she's immediately panicking. Oh my gosh, I have what this man has. I don't know what this is. She needs to get off the bus because she's going to defecate. And there's a whole big panic about that. They end up getting stranded on the end, uh, the, the bus driver drives away and leaves them there. Everyone on the bus seemed to be fairly nice. They were at least being considerate. They offered them some bottles of water. They were like trying to translate for the bus driver for them. I think they, I mean, they really were just like, get, get the hell off the bus, but here's some water so you don't die. So they get stranded in the middle of rural China. This is bad. Lizzie looks horrible. She's like, I don't know what's wrong. I'm dying. Something's really wrong. And she starts hallucinating and she can see, she's seeing bugs come out of her hand and you can see them. And Charlotte can see them too. She's like, oh my gosh, you need to cut off your arm. And she pulls out this meat cleaver out of her backpack. And that's immediately when I was like, "Uh uh-oh, something, uh uh-oh, this, mm mm-mm. I was like, something's not right. Why would she have a meat cleaver in the middle of rural China and just be like suggesting this? So then shortly after that, it's revealed that Charlotte has drugged Lizzie. These ibuprofen tablets were a type of uh, a type of medication that she used to give her mother. And it can cause hallucinations, especially with alcohol. And um, she's very- it makes you very nauseous and dizzy and susceptible to these hallucinations. So there really wasn't any bugs. There was no bugs in her arm. There was no bugs in her vomit. Those were all things that Charlotte was putting into her mind and making her see them um, by being like, oh my gosh, you know, even though there was nothing there. So, Lizzie chops off her arm or her hand. She goes missing. Charlotte took the meat cleaver from the food stall when they had eaten in China as well. That's how she got the cleaver. Because it's not necessarily something you take with you when you're going hiking through China. I don't know, I'm just saying. So three weeks later, Anton and Paloma are like, oh my gosh... We have this new student from China, Woot Woot, they're showing her around and Lizzie shows up and her right hand is missing and she's got this like stump thing that's all like wrapped up and she's got a little arm holder and they're like, oh my gosh, where have you been, you know? Um, She's like, I was found unconscious on the side of the road with a tourniquet around my arm and we have no idea where Charlotte went and they're like, Charlotte, what would they have to do with her? And they're like, she was with me and she was jealous and this is what happened they keep her around for about a day or two. And then this is, it's kind of sad because this is all she's known since she was like eight or nine years old. She's only lived at this academy, but since she's no use to Anton anymore because her arm is missing, she can't play. There's no reason for her to be there. And she's like, what do you want me to do? I have nowhere to go. So he turned, they both turn her out and she's pissed. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like she, she's like pissed. I'm going to go find Charlotte. No one knows where Charlotte is. This is another reason why I figured out there was like a long long con going on on this because she finds Charlotte pretty quickly. Charlotte's in Minneapolis. And at, when she shows up, I was like, well, how did she know if they didn't know? The, okay. And so she shows up and she zaps her with a the taser. They fight. For some reason, she drives her all the way. I mean, she throws her in her trunk and drives her all the way back to Boston. Again, I'll get into this later about what really happened, but this is what they want you to think. There's a lot of twists and turns in this movie. Charlotte is confronted by Anton when she gets brought inside. She says, yeah, I did do this. I did cut off her hand. It was the only way I could get her to listen because she was so brainwashed like I was, or I would have been even more so had my mother not gotten ill. Because apparently, surprise, surprise, Anton and the two other guys there are part of this sex cult that sexually abuse these girls and put a lot of pressure on them in order for them to play right or else things will happen to them that are of a sexual nature. And it's all very uncomfortable and I was like dang it we're gonna go there and so that's what this whole thing is is you get an eighth note tattoo after you've been indoctrinated so long so that's she knew that Lizzie had had the same treatment that she had had growing up and that she was just as brainwashed so Charlotte felt the only way to get to her would be to take away her only livelihood by cutting off her hand to get her to listen to her and you experience these sexual punishments or whatever um, if you fail to achieve this musical uh, perfection by playing this song without any mistakes. And by the way, the music in this in this movie is actually really good. They do like Handel and Mozart and things. And it's all very brooding and dark. And it's very, it works really well in the movie. Anywho, I'll just kind of wrap it up here. So Charlotte, she's a little crazy. She is a little crazy. So she did do all this, all this work to trick Lizzie into cutting off her own arm. Then when they were stranded out there and she had tied the tourniquet onto her, she told her why she did it to get to her, you know, eventually Charlotte, or eventually Lizzie came around. She was like, you're right. Anton was raping us. That's what he, like, it was bad. Like, it's it's been really bad. We need to get those girls out of there. This is horrible. She wasn't found with the tourniquet. They got out of there on their own. They made this long, elaborate plan. I'm guessing they were hanging out with each other for the three weeks before they made this plan. Not sure why she still tased her when she met up with her in Minneapolis if she already knew, but maybe she didn't. I don't know. But they just drove back over to Boston and then she got in the trunk, I think, at the end. The only thing that didn't make sense to me is that guy throwing up in the beginning, just to make sure that Lizzie saw it. I don't know how she timed that, if that was her or that guy really did have that disease. I don't know because it almost was too perfect, them coming down the stairs and him getting sick like right in front of them. So I'm not sure how she orchestrated that one. If that was her, maybe it just got, she just got lucky, but they're back at Anton's and they're ready to get back at him and Paloma and these two other guys who have been doing this to them. So with all this, Charlotte has been knocked unconscious. Lizzie's pretending like she hates her during this. So she doesn't, It's all it's all part of the con. They have strapped Charlotte's legs. She's in a dress, she's tied down where she's supposed to play to perfection. If she gets it wrong, this new little girl or was at least told that this new little girl's going to get punished in the way that she doesn't want her to. So she plays the song. She gets it wrong. She messes up the song. I couldn't tell. It's, she seems to play beautiful anyway. It was beautiful anyway. Anton was just fooling. Of course, this little girl hasn't been brainwashed enough for him to do anything. So she gets to leave, thank God. So they're like, you know what? We're going to punish you. And this is where it gets real weird. They have her strapped down and the two guys, Thesea and Jeffrey, are going to hold her down while they rape her and Lizzie's gonna do it. This part had me because I was like, oh no, she's gonna do it with the stump, the stump of her hand, right? I was like, oh shit, okay. So as she gets ready to do that and Charlotte's screaming and they have her strapped down in her arms, you know, pull, it's it's all very intense. Jeffrey and Thiesse clap and die. So this is where it really gets exposed that there was a long con, they're in on it. I guess they're a couple now. I don't know, they're both kind of crazy now. And they kiss and they she lets her out and she's like, cool, we're, we're done. We poisoned, uh, Lizzie poisoned them. So they're dead. Paloma, the wife gets drugged. She gets stabbed to death. Um, they attack Anton. He, it's this whole big fight, a lot of blood, blood, stabby, stabby, fighting. And then there was this really part, this part that was like, oh, cause Anton goes to, to stab her with a knife to like stab down. And Charlotte puts her arms up and it goes right through like the ulna and the radius of her arm. Oh, uh, it was just like squeamy. I was like, woo, okay, that was pretty good. This is where it kind of loses it a little bit for me, the ending. Because now Anton is, he's alive and he's being kept alive by some sort of, I think it's just stuff from her mom being sick. It's just like, I don't know. Because I don't know. That's the only reason I could think that she would know how to do any of this. And he's had, I didn't notice this, but according to Wikipedia, his mouth and his eyes were sewn shut. All of his limbs have been amputated. He has no arms. He has no legs. He's just a stump that's been blinded and quieted. And Charlotte and Lizzie are up on the stage performing for him in this chapel, playing as one, which was kind of cool because Lizzie's missing her hand. So with her other arm, she was doing one part while Charlotte was playing the bow. And that's how it ends. And Charlotte takes off her wig, which I thought maybe it was a wig because the way like it sat on her head after they spent the night together, I was like, it looks a little off. Yeah. So she still kind of had a shaved head and it's just, they were, they're playing for him and he's... I don't know, just being tortured. I hope all those girls got out of there. I hope that they already sent them all home before all this because they were just sleeping. They didn't know what was happening. It was the middle of the night. Um, but that was the end. And really, it was rough and it was squeamy and I liked it. It may I mean, sometimes it is a bit uncomfortable. It was pretty solid though, like twist and turn wise. Some of it I didn't see coming at all. I was like, oh geez, okay. Some of it was a little predictable, but not in, not too bad of a way. I've seen a lot of horror movies, so that's probably why. But yeah, I mean, I would recommend at least seeing it once if you like psychological horror. So if I'd have to recommend it, let's go with meat cleavers. I'll go with them. I feel like I've done meat cleaver already actually. Have I done meat cleaver already? Shit, let's go with, let's go with bottles of water. Quite a bit of those thrown around there. So for bottles of water for 2019's The Perfection, I will give it out of 10 bottles of water. I will give it seven. Could even go a little higher. I I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was done really well. So yeah, I definitely would recommend it. Check out 2019's A Perfection, 7 out of 10 bottles of water. Thank you for downloading and listening to this mini movie review.